like this recording in the daytime thing. I feel like um, my I feel like my brain is more functional. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a, I can think at night too, but also the kids aren't here like fucking banging around out there. It's just like it's a lot more peaceful. Yeah, nice. I'm glad, I, glad it's it's working out. Yeah, I love this. I feel like cool. I can really focus very deeply on talking about this movie with you. Yeah, I just woke up from a nap, so I'm like all refreshed. Oh yeah, was it a good nap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was short, but it was just like it was just just what I needed. I woke up and I was like, "You're just like I am. the like the birds <laughs> came like the in birds. and they dropped your headphones in. It was like it's like." Time. Sedu- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just got done having tea with our friend Brandon. Ooh, Brandon I know came over for tea you. time. I know. Do you want to reveal it? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, I've got also on the count of three. I've got it just off frame here. Okay, yeah. one, two, three. Oh my god, yours and yours is a different colored background. Yeah, he <gasps> said he said that yours would be like a coral. Oh, it's so pretty. And it's like okay. different halves as well. Oh my God, you're right. They're like, it's like we have a friendship necklace. Oh my God, Sarah. <laughs> so listeners, for those of you guys who, uh, of course, we do have uh, the video of this uh, up on YouTube. But if you're listening to the podcast version, uh, if you may, you may remember from last week, we were talking about our friend Brandon, who makes these like, I'm going to put this over here because I feel like I'm not even on the microphone. Uh, Brandon, our friend, makes these like paper arts, like, shadow box things and he made both sarah and i these uh it's half of andy's face and half of adam's face and it's so cute (laughs) yeah he gave him a goatee and he gave andy glasses and this cute little Mm -hmm. mop of curls and so Mm -hmm. it's like a silhouette of their half of their face like put together and uh he wrote the adam and andy podcast in these like in on letter in these paper letters and Sarah's has a purple background and mine has a coral background and it's so cute. Like I wanted to cry when I saw it. It's It's, yeah. I'm going to hang this up in my office. I might bring it down and put it in the background every time we record, but it just like, and I didn't realize this, but I guess so Sarah's, our halves are reversed. It's, it's actually not true because um, mine, like, as you can see, my is, the way I have my Zoom config oh, figured, like okay. yours is yours reads Adam so and Andy, mine yeah. is backwards. Got it. Same here. I just mm-hmm. prefer to watch myself reversed. I feel like when my face looks like I guess it normally does, it's very upsetting for me. Mm-hmm. So I mirror my Zoom. Yeah. So they're the same, but still. Uh, oh my God, I'm so in love with this, Sarah. It's just so pretty. I can't believe yeah. he did that for us. Yeah, it was uh, hard to to keep it f- from you because. Uh, I know because I, uh, I'm a real, I'm a real shit, and I didn't get, I we didn't it, it. He made that for us for Christmas, and I just now got the chance to hang out with him, and we had a tea time today, and which was lovely. He brought these tiny little cakes, and uh, I know it was great, and uh, and he brought me my uh, my little shadow box, and now we can show everybody. Nice, I love it. So let's love give it. out his. Do you? Oh man, do you? Can you look up his thing it's real a quick? Boy- Word. So it's, yeah. let me just make sure that it's spelled. Because he is taking commissions. Uh, so if anybody has, and it's not like he, he can ma- make all kinds of stuff. Like he's made, he made a, he has a website. You can see some of the other stuff he's made, but they're so cute and whims- whimsical. They're very whimsical. So uh, his Instagram page is underscore a boy and his bird. 
underscore Boyna's Bird on Instagram. So go check it mm-hmm. out. He also has a website, uh, which I'm sure is linked to www.aboyandhisbird.com. So uh, check out our friend Brandon. He just like very sweetly made us these shadow boxes. So uh, I'll put a picture of them for those of you guys that are listening. Uh, I will. I'll put a picture of it uh, uh, up on Twitter and I guess maybe in our Instagram story um, so that you guys can see. Yeah, I couldn't even share this on the social meds because I was like, you ah, can't see it. It's the reveal. <laughs> Thank you for because like it was like when I pulled he wrapped it up in this, you know, gift bag and when i pulled it out i was just like holy scream i almost (laughs) cried i was like this is so sweet and Mm -hmm. classy it's classy it is classy Um, that's your i class definitely (laughs) absolutely classier than us um i also so besides brandon i also wanted to show i I wanted to shout out the uh, sweatshirt that i'm wearing right now sarah Annette, Last Duel, House of Gucci, all 2021 Adam Driver films. Yes. So I, uh, here's what I love about Twitter, uh, making new friends. Uh, there is a, a artist on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to give you their handle right now. It's at Stitch Cra- uh, Crap. So uh, S-T-I-T-C-H-C-R-V-F-T. And uh, I'm just minding my own business sometime last November scrolling through Twitter and I see this awesome shirt and it, it basically it's like um illustrated like little movie tickets and stars and each of the movie tickets is a different movie that uh, Adam was in last last year and uh and uh, you can get it on a sweater and so uh it's I did comfy. it's super comfy I wear it all over the house and it makes me happy because I think about uh, all the movies you and I saw we Saw it together last year Um, after not seeing movies in a theater for a long time. I think other than Dune, which we also saw together, I think these were the these were the really the only movies uh, that you and I went to see were Adam movies. So, yeah, uh, it reminds me of going to the movies with you, which makes me so happy. Um, Yeah. And I just really love the shirt. And so I just wanted to uh, show it off. And also it's really cute. Yeah, and sh- uh, they're they've got a lot of other really cool stuff uh, uh, besides this, uh, so go check them out on Twitter. Um, so again, that's at at Stitchcraft S T I T C C H C R V F T, and uh, there's links to to their uh, site where you can get yourself a T shirt or stickers or any of the other things that are for sale there. Anyway, uh, I just cool. God this uh, all the talent, Sarah. All these talented artists we know. Totally. So uh, I guess I should introduce the show, right? Welcome to the Adam and Andy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. See? The Adam and Andy. I know. That's the the shadow box, the Adam and Andy podcast. Uh, On this podcast, we watch the filmographies, the TVographies, the webographies, of our two favorite actors, Adam Driver and Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. And um, the, today we're talking about Midnight Special. Sorry, that was a yawn. That was not a I thought maybe emotion. I thought <laughs> that light was going to shoot out of your eyes for a second there. I was really concerned that I was about to get in the high beams. Oh, no. Um, no. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Midnight Special today, um, which I... I'm looking forward to talking with you about because we we started watching it together, but then it got too late. We didn't and finish it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't go. finish it. We did finish yeah. it. Like I want you to know, we did finish the movie, just we, not right. together. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, we had a we had tacos. about how it ended. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be weird if we were like, today on this episode, we're going to talk about half of a movie and then talk about what we think happens at the end. Um, yeah. So we had some tacos and then uh, we watched half of Midnight Special and then together separately we watched the other half. So I have mm-hmm. no idea what you think yeah, uh, of I the thoughts. ending. I have lots of thoughts. thoughts. I have questions. So many questions. I have concerns. <laughs> uh, before we get into this, would you like to get into Adam and Andy news? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Uh, what uh, would you like to start with, Adam or Andy? Andy. I've actually got quite a bit of Andy news today. So uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine won the most on-demand comedy series of 2021. That's the uh, word. Wow. Global TV On Demand Awards, which I did not know existed, but... I didn't know that existed. I'm just happy that somewhere out there, everyone is like, I'm... The thing I want to stream the most repeatedly is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That makes I demand me it. I de- I, on demand. I demand. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Hotel, Hotel Transylvania 4 Trans, Transylformia? Transformania. Transformania. Why? When am I going to get that right? I don't think I'm ever going to get that right. Anyway, it uh, the week it came out, I think. uh, Sorry, I'm a little fuzzy on the dates here. I believe it was uh, number one uh, on Amazon Prime as the best, uh, the most streamed movie in America. Uh, Yes, Andy came out. They made a video where they made him bust out his. Uh, bamboo background that he has for every Zoom call. And he was like, hey, thanks for watching the movie. I hear that we're number one in America. And so he made a little video about it and everything was really cute. Uh, and they and Amazon Prime posted it to their uh, social, social meds. So uh, Hotel Transylvania 4, number one in America, at least that week. Uh, and then also, uh, so remember a while back I talked, I said that Andy was listed as one of the uh, collaborators on a animated series for the TV series, The Boys. Yes. Uh, uh, it's an animated spinoff called Diabolical. Uh, the trailer for that came out this week. Uh, we retweeted it. So there's a trailer for the animated show. It did not include any of the voices. Uh, it was all narration. I, it sounded like Christian Slater, honestly, that's who the voice sounded like that was narrating. And then, sorry, my dog is barking for some reason. Can you chill, sir? Um. Anyway, uh, they showed a trailer mostly, I think, of the, the, the look of the animation. It has that kind of like uh, BoJack Horseman, like um, what's that show about puberty? Uh, oh gosh, Oof. I love I love it's that show. Come Big to mouth. Me. Big mouth. Big mouth. It has that kind of look. Uh, it's definitely got that sort of edgy, um, kind of dark sense of humor, at least from what I can tell. Uh, and Andy is listed as uh, providing one of the voices. Uh, so along with many others. Uh, that will be coming out in March. Cool. So that's all the news I got for Andy. Okay. Uh, moving on to Adam. Uh, House of Gucci is on digital streaming now. So you can now uh, rewind and fast forward that uh, sex scene in the trailer Pause. as much as you want. And in yeah. fact, the internet is. Uh, my Twitter, you look horrified. My Twitter feed was bombarded on 
Tuesday, apparently that's the day it came out. My feed was bombarded with gifts. And I was like, I I was like, how am I supposed to get anything done? I have a job. I can't just sit here and scroll through uh, gifts of Adam Driver smiling all day. I I shouldn't. I want to. (laughs) Uh, So there are. uh, So there's that. So if anybody wants to revisit House of Gucci, uh, it is uh, str- it is now streaming, so you can watch it at home. I'm gonna revisit it with. I might do a triple, a triple feature, a thruple. Oh, okay. Uh, what order do you think I should watch them in? So we got Avnet, Last Duel, and House of Gucci. What order? If you if if I was gonna do a a, a triple feature, what should I? What order should I watch those in? Well, for you, I'd say Last Duel, then okay. House of Gucci, mm-hmm. then Annette. just because oh. those were your favorite. Like Annette was your favorite. House of That's Gucci's fun. Good. That's a last good. duel is more like serious. It's really like heavy. Heavy. I think I should go first. Okay, I'll I'll try. Uh, that's the Sarah order. Um, mm-hmm. it, I I I thought I was actually thinking maybe because House of Gucci is the least heavy. I was thinking maybe last duel. Put an Annette sandwich in there. Like put the Annette maybe is the meat of the rewatch. Mm-hmm. So you've got last duel Annette and they may maybe House of Gucci followed up at the end with House of Gucci. Okay, that's that what I'm thinking. Sense. Maybe I'll do. Yeah. I'll let you know, listeners, uh, how that goes. But uh, that's 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 a big commitment. That's like at least seven to eight hours of. Uh, that's a seven to eight hour affair that I'm, we're talking how about. How many hours of Adam's face, though? Maybe good like question. Five, five hours of his face. Four I'm hours? sure somebody has calculated this on Twitter. Tweeted us at Adam Andy Pod. How many? How many hours of? Uh, footage if you calculate Adam's screen time between the three films how much how much how many hours of that is Adam screen time uh between the three films somebody's calculated that I'm sure um so House of Gucci is on digital uh I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this but the uh French basically uh, again I I hate to be uh, Amer- American centric about this but the best way that I can describe the, the importance of this to an American is that this the Caesar or Caesar Caesar the French Oscars okay mm-hmm. they came out with their nominations uh Annette was uh, nominated for 11 awards uh including best actor for Adam driver nice well they appreciate him at least right someone has taste uh <laughs> the Baptist came out as well today uh they nominated uh Lady Gaga, but Adam Driver did not get a nomination from the Baptist for any of the movies that he was in this year. Uh, so that was a little disappointing. But uh, the Caesars or the Cesars or the help me out. You you can pronounce French things. Cesar. Yeah, that's that's. You think so? Cesar. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't know that French. the 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 it's a very big deal in France. Uh, and I, I want to be clear that I don't think that. Uh, everything American is the only thing worth doing, uh, even though I can't seem to pronounce the award properly. Uh, But so it's a big deal. Uh, So good for him. I'm glad to see that performance getting some recognition. And uh, that's all the Adam and Andy news that I've got. Nice. Uh, All right. Are you ready to talk about Midnight Special? Yes. Is there anywhere you want to start? So Midnight Special 2016, written and directed by Jeff Nichols. Mm-hmm. 
starring Adam Driver, well, not starring, supported by Adam Driver, uh, starring Michael Shannon, Kristen Dunst, and uh, Joel Egerton, or Eggleton, or yeah, 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 yeah. And the kid from Knives Out. The yes, actually, kid. the the Michael Shannon and the mm-hmm. little kid were father and son in, in, in Knives Out as well. That's true. Yeah. So we see how. So th- I'm going to consider them to be both part of the same cinematic universe. Is did Jeff <laughs> was Jeff Nichols involved in 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 Knives no. Out? No. no. Okay. No. It was just a coincidence, probably. Just happened that way. Yeah. Um. Where do we start with this film? Where should we start? Beginning? At the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, well, hey, let's start here. Did you like this film? Did you enjoy this film? You know, it was intriguing the first uh, mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. hour or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just kind of like fell apart on me. I agree. Um, I think that is exactly how I felt. Um, I will say, before we get too deeply into talking about the film itself, I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed Adam in this movie. Oh, yeah. He was, dare I say it, adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, I, I hope you enjoyed that, at least. Yeah. Uh, I loved, as always, I loved, I loved him all, every time he was on screen. Um, I loved his, like, awkward, nervous energy. Like, it was a real different... Um, it had a real different feel to it. It was even different, I would say, from because I feel like Ronnie Peterson from uh, The Dead Don't Die also had that kind of dorky energy to him. But Ronnie Peterson was like, he's going to come in there and he's going to swing at some zombies with a machete. And I feel like Paul is not that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul uh, is, uh, you know, he seemed like kind of sweet and awkward and and mm-hmm. really like, you know, uh, deep, deep thinker. Um, so I really liked that character. In fact, I would have liked to have known more about him or perhaps understood his motivations. Yeah, there wasn't much to his character. Like they didn't really develop his character. He just kind of was there to be a scientist. I feel. Is he a scientist? I don't know. Yeah. Good question. I, Uh, I, my first note here is I have so many questions. Um, I, I think that my biggest complaint about this movie, and I will say I enjoyed watching it. Um, I I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it fine. It was fine. Um, I think I wanted more from it than I was given, mostly because I think it set up a lot of cool stuff that it didn't really deliver on for me. Ultimately, that was. No. But but I think the biggest thing that was lacking in this movie was the character development, and not just of Paul. Uh, but of literally everybody else in the movie. There just really wasn't a lot of depth to any of the characters. I also thought the dialogue was a little stiff. I don't know. Like, it just didn't feel truthful. It felt like, let's do dialogue to say some things. Like, it just, it didn't feel, didn't feel truthful to, it didn't really elaborate Mm -hmm. on the characters and it didn't really elaborate on the plot. Mm -hmm. And it didn't feel like something that someone would actually say. It felt know. deliberately I... obtuse. Yes. Yeah, that like was a big complaint time. for me too. Yeah. Yeah, I was like what the fuck is happening? And let me just yeah. say and and you and I said this when we were watching the movie, I love a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm watching a movie, I love a puzzle 
where I don't know what the fuck's going on and you got to give me the details and the breadcrumbs and I got to figure it out. I love that shit. But you got to mm-hmm. give me enough of a shape of things for me to be able to put the puzzle pieces together. And for like, you I feel like I know. really wasn't. Yes. I feel like I wasn't ultimately given all the information I needed to piece together the story, but mm-hmm. mostly I think it was the characters. It was the big thing for me. Um, so let's just, let's get right into it. So uh, my answer is to that question. I enjoyed watching it. My complaint is I feel like the movie was all vibes and no mm-hmm. substance. That was yeah. kind of my complaint. Yeah. yeah um. So let's start with the characters. Or do you have something you want to start with? Or scene? Well, or- well just for, for overall, I think um, what I thought. So I thought that it relied on tropes and like yes. kind of like sci-fi tropes and kind of yes. like character. As shorthand. Tro- I don't know, it's just, it just didn't. It didn't feel like a real thing, and it felt like, ooh, there's a kid who's wise mm-hmm. in a cre- mm-hmm. cre- creepy way, and ooh, the, the the government is out to get you, and like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I'm just laughing about you saying the kid's wise because at the end when the kid was being super wise, Chris and I, my husband and I were looking at each other. My husband Chris, who's never listened to this podcast, and will never listen and to never any will. podcast uh, that any that we've ever done in the last six years, uh, going on seven years. Anyway, we were watching this movie together and when he, they were in the cave and the kid was being super wise, Chris and I just looked at each other and we were like, we have three kids. None of them have that level of wisdom. Uh, Chris was like, oh yeah, no. When you turn, when he turns to the kid and the kid starts saying all these like really deep things, like if it was our kid, our kid would be like, I just farted. Like that would be well, what Char- the kid would say. Charlotte is the most wise out of your kids, I think. Sure, she, but she channels most- all of her intelligence into snark. That's true. You know, well, I'm. I just like it. Really, I know this is like jumping uh, around, but like jump it really around wherever p- you want. It really pisses me off when they put kid care. They put adult language into kids' yes. mouths, and they yes. like make kids into these adults. It's like just learn how to write kids like don't or is he a kid i can't figure maybe he's not a kid i don't know okay i do want to get to that let's go through and talk about well i actually let's talk about the opening because i thought the opening was really strong like i liked that when we jumped right into it and i didn't know what was going on i just I, i felt like okay i get it they're at a hotel uh something unusual is going on they got a cardboard on the window uh there's these two guys they're obviously really worried about getting this kid across state lines all of that was good because i had an expectation that they would explain some of these things later like you can get you can give me basically no information in the first act of the movie and as long as you explain it to me in some way later that's satisfying i'm fu- i like it don't don't mm-hmm. hand me everything on a platter. I don't want it on a platter. So I felt like the opening was strong. I don't know. How did you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I, f- I do feel like the opening was strong. And the, like the first half hour was, was yeah. interesting. Um, a- everything really up to the satellite, I think. Honestly, everything up to uh, them getting to Kirsten Dunst's house. Uh, yeah. That it. I think it was really solid up till then. And then I began to feel like stuff was falling off. Uh, we'll talk about the cult in a minute, but I was like, what was the point of that? Like, we didn't explore yeah. that story at all. Um, things started to fall off. And I just was like, I'm not getting the character development that I was hoping for. Because obviously, and I think the actors did a great job. I want to say that the actors 
committed. They just did their best. Yes. They committed. Michael Shannon is a fantastic actor. Uh, he uh, is in, he's super hot. And we'll talk about that when we get to my thirst moments. So I'm just going to say that. There's a lot of. What about Joel? I think Joel is. Oh, you like Joel? That's great. Mm-hmm. I think he's very, he, does, his, he doesn't, uh, I'm not magnetized to him in the way that I'm magnetized to Michael Shannon or uh, Adam Driver. Maybe I just need to be yelled at. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's what I need. Well, then watch um, uh, the the great Gat- Gatsby Joel in that. Oh yeah, that movie is the big okay asshole guy. Okay, well, I don't need an asshole necessarily. It's just like Michael Shannon has this intensity to him that is like verging on the edge of like something might explode at any second. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a really actually. There's a really great actor on actors on actors discussion between Adam and Michael Shannon. Uh, that's really awesome. And maybe I'll look it up on YouTube and, re- and retweet it. But um, I lo- I think Michael Shannon and Adam both have this kind of like intensity to them. Not in this movie, though. Um, Adam has big sub energy mm-hmm. and Michael Shannon has big dom energy mm-hmm. uh, in this movie. Uh, you can't have two doms going at each other. So uh, so they had to balance that out in some way. Anyway, I got distracted by Michael Shannon. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Michael Shannon was committed to the idea that he cared about one thing, his son and getting his son to safety. And he committed to that. And Joel as Lucas committed to, I am going to help this family out. I'm going to help them no matter what, even if it goes against my own moral compass. Even if I had to kill someone. Yeah. I mean, I think he was trying to avoid that, but yeah, he, uh, he went for it. Um, then we start to get to the point where we're falling off in terms of what are what are the stakes here? Like even with Michael Shannon and Joel, and Joel Egerton, I'll get into a moment like what I wanted more from them in terms of their backstory, but their performances were great. Kristen Dunst doing a fine job. Her character was not like not nothing. Written. It was just yeah. like woman. Yeah, it's like over there. It's the like, woman. It's like the screenwriter was like, I want to write a woman, but I don't know anything about women. So other than I'm the braid, I just don't. There. Yeah, she's just here. Yeah, she had no real character at all. Uh, Kirsten Dunst was doing her best to give that I woman know. some depth. Um, I thought the cult leader in the beginning was mesmerizing. I really was like, can we go back to what's going on with that cult? Like, I wanted to... Like that was like a whole thing in the movie that they just threw in there in the first act and then completely abandoned. Yeah, that was completely abandoned. Totally. I yeah, I didn't I didn't find it that compelling. I think that mm-hmm. cuz cults are so ubiquitous now, but um but the costumes definitely were uh were uh I don't know how I feel feel about them. It's like why did why do people have to dress weird if they're in a cult i think that's something we expect i think it was the iconography of like that kind of like um almost real fundamentalist you know prairie look uh it's very similar to what you see like in unbreakable kimmy schmidt <laughs> but is it is it necessary like i mean cults do tend to dress do? alike that is something they tend to do i mean if you look at um well, not all cults, but many of them do that. Like if you look at um, the did Koresh, David Koresh or, um, uh, you know, the God, what are they? The ones that thought they, the aliens were going to come and get them and they drank all they, they, you know, 
uh, did like a mass suicide together. Not, not, uh, anyway, there's, a, I, I'm actually very fascinated with cults. Like I find them really interesting. Um, I, 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 I didn't have a problem with the costuming. I actually thought the idea that a cult would build their whole religion around that boy was really interesting. And, and here's a thing that the movie didn't give me that I wanted. I wanted to know, like, how did they become part of the cult? Um, I know we got some information from Joel Egerton's character, Lucas. He says that he grew up childhood best friends with Roy, Michael Shannon, mm-hmm. right? Then at some point, Michael Shannon's family moved away and joined the cult. That's what he says to called the ranch, the ranch. Yeah. Uh, it felt like the serious version among breakable, breakable Kimmy Schmidt. It felt like the very similar cult. Um, at some point, he meets Kristen, Kirsten Dunst, and they marry because they had the same last name, right? But they had her last name. No, sh- I thought she had his last name. Well, we met her mom, and her mom had the same la- la- last name. Really? Yeah. Because when, when he came in and not when that guy came and knocked on the mom's door, he was like, "Are you blah 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 Tomlin Tomlin or no 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 she Tomlin? she said are you." I, and God for God forgive me. I, I just can't remember the fucking character's name because she didn't have any fucking personality other than Kristen. Again, Kristen Dunst was trying really hard, but I don't. Do you remember her name even? Shit. Let me see if Sarah, I got it. Sarah. Sarah I, okay, Sarah. So no, they said, "Are you Sarah Tomlin's mother?" Mother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, she didn't have the same last name. Okay. Then good. I was about yeah. to go down this whole rabbit hole of like, yeah. wait, are they brother and sister? I and know, not. I know. That's what I thought in the moment, and I was like, that's not. That's I mean, not what this is. anyway, they obviously got married at some point. Yeah. They, they gave birth to an alien baby. We'll get to that. And then the baby was taken by the cult leader because the cult leader is the father of all of the children. He like, yeah, I know. But, but here's the thing. Like what I need is why. Okay. Why is here's what it, the meat I'm missing the meat. And I'm I'm vegetarian, so you 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 know that there's something wrong when I'm asking for meat. Nut meat. I'm, I'm protein. <laughs> Did you just say nut meat? Just because because nuts have meat because they have pro- protein. You you I'm have sorry. to eat. <laughs> Come on, Nicole. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're gonna take a minute to get over that. <laughs> I'm missing the nut meat in this movie, and that meat is why is Roy in the cult? How did he meet Sarah? Did this Why cult did she leave before the boy? And did how the did cult the boy- exist before the boy? I know that we get a little bit of this from the interviews, but I needed a flashback or something. I needed something meaningful. Like, why did Kirsten Dunst leave the cult? It sounds like she says it's because the cult leader took over their son, but but then they say that he was only with them for two years. The boy. So, but I thought Roy was there since childhood. I just don't fucking understand what's going on. And why is it so acceptable for her to leave her son behind? And he's not resentful about it. And Roy's not resentful about it. And everybody's copacetic. And I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. How are scripts like this allowed to be made? When Well, so I'll tell you how. We'll talk about it. There's a, I want to, I want to talk about Joel, uh, 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 Jeff Nichols' other movie that's really fucking good. I'll talk about it. That's he's made good fucking movies. And I'm not saying this movie is terrible. It's just lacking. It's lacking. Mm -hmm. It's not a terrible movie. It has potential. It's just I have some writing notes. That's all. So they spent 18 million dollars on a movie. Did he? 
They spent 18, 18 million. Well, I mean, there's a lot of effects and stars in it. It's so like, yeah. it, like to say like an $18 million movie has potential. It's like, that's not fair. Like it's not fair to us. Cause to us, we're, yeah. we have movies we want to make. Give me $18 million. I'll make you a goddamn sci-fi movie. That'll blow your, your nut meat off. <laughs> Give me $18 million. Okay, so I the here's what I wanted more. I wanted to know more about the cult. I wanted to know why are they trying so hard to get him back? Obviously, they said that he's their salvation, but I feel like this is like a thread they completely dropped. You know, um, I cared about that almost more than the FBI. Like the FBI chase was like a big part of it. I didn't need to see as much of the FBI. Like we we this is how these movies go. Like I've seen I'm a big fan of Spielberg. I've seen, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I've seen E.T. I know all of that stuff. But like give me a little bit more of the cult and the FBI pursuing them but like less of the two guys that are just going around murdering people. Like maybe we send them off and then we don't see them for a while. And then they just kind of show up at their hotel. I didn't need to see their whole fucking journey. I don't even give a shit about those guys. I wanted to know more about this family. That's what I'm missing. Yeah. Like the one thing that a Steven Spielberg movie, and I'm talking early Steven Spielberg. That's I think his best work, right? Like seventies, eighties, Steven Spielberg. E.T. Close Encounters. Close Encounters. Poltergeist. Jaws. What all those movies have in common is that they're about something supernatural or otherworldly or high concept, if you want to call it that. Shark, killer shark, you know, like aliens coming to uh, t- uh, to make contact with the planet, um, you know, a uh, family being haunted by uh, the spirits that are living under their house and they take the daughter, whatever. But all of those movies at their heart are about a family. And this movie is also about a family, but what we're missing are all those little moments that occur between families that make us care. Like we were thrown into this and said, and that we were told Michael Shannon, who's very convincingly giving this performance, he loves his son. Okay, great. But, but why? Like, I know I love my son and I know inherently parents love their children, but I'm missing all those little moments. What is it like at breakfast? You know, I'm thinking of the, that scene in, in Jaws where the little boy is repeating everything that the father does or um, the scene at uh, in Close Encounters when Richard Dreyfus is making the um, the mountain out of mashed potatoes and everybody's looking at him like they're really worried about him or in Poltergeist when uh, Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson are smoking pot and joking around after the kids have gone to bed. That stuff you need that stuff. We need to get to understand the family and their dynamic. And I feel like this, we were just go pedal to the metal. We didn't get any of those little moments and I needed those moments to care, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I felt like the begin. I felt like I missed part of this movie. Like the, all the characters seemed to know other, like what was going on and how everything was all, you know, had all the details they needed. And I felt like, did I miss the first 20 minutes of this movie? That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. So if you're going to drop me in, in the middle, okay, but get back up some, a, a little bit and give me some flashbacks or something. I need to know how, why did Lucas go on this trip with them? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Lucas. Do you feel like it was reasonable, the amount of commitment that 
Lucas, Joel Egerton's character, was it reasonable for the amount of commitment he had to helping this family? Not from what I saw. I mean, we yep. had a little bit of they grew up together. They grew up together. Like, I grew up with people too. I wouldn't go on a murder spree with them. I wouldn't shoot them. state troopers for... Look, man, if you showed up at my door and you were like, I need... We are going to cross state lines with this kid. I would be like, hold up. At least a little. If yeah. somebody came to me from my childhood that I hadn't seen, I would be like, listen... Wow. Uh, seems like you're in a big jam. I'm sorry, but I can't help you, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I thought they were brothers. Me too. So I'm going to give the writer a note here. If they had been brothers, I would have bought it. Like, if, mm-hmm. if if they had been brothers, here's give, let me give you a scenario that I feel like would have been meaningful. Joel Egerton and Michael Shannon are brothers. They grew up together. They had a real close relationship. Michael Shannon falls in with this cult. Maybe he meets Kirsten Dunst's character, falls in love with her. This is how a lot of these cult people get into these cults. They meet people. They fall into this group. And then that group feels like a belonging that they've never had. And then they completely shirk their old identity. And their family is devastated because they've lost their family member to the cult. Mm -hmm. Imagine that Michael Shannon completely cut off from his family and and Lucas has spent his most of his adult life devastated that he's lost his brother, right? Then his brother shows up at his doorstep with a, a nephew he's never met and is like, I need your help. That's fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. That gave me chills, Sarah, just talking about it. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's what I feel like was missing. Yeah, I thought I thought they were bro- bro- brothers yep. too. And then when he said that they were friends, I was like, yeah, oh. I don't get it. Like that, yeah. the level of danger that Lucas is putting himself in. And again, Joel Egerton, he's committed, also a cop and he's a cop. I mean, maybe he's just he's a cop and he and he's like, you want me to drive really fast and shoot at people? I mean, that's what I do. That's in my nature. <laughs> okay, sure. But give me a little something more than that. Like, what's its, what is his motivation for helping them? I just don't feel like it was strong enough to me. You know? Yeah. He To put himself in harm's way the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Alton. Yeah. This kid. <laughs> this kid. This kid. They- put him in harm's way which was very upsetting but they also mm-hmm. imbue him like we said with the intelligence and the wisdom of most Too adults much. like not most yeah. i'm sorry more wisdom than most adults is what yes. i meant to say um, yeah he was one of those wise children and if you're trying to tell me that he's actually like an adult trapped in a child's body like give me something like that because that kid was far too like mature for an eight-year-old it was weird and didn't make sense. It was very to me. weird. It was. It also just like that's done so often that I just I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like let him be vulnerable and confused about what's going on. Like I don't know let what's happening to me. And it's scary. Yeah. I'm scared. You know, like that's It'd be way more interesting if he yeah, was like so. this kid that was like a real kid and was afraid yeah. afraid of his abilities. Like yeah. oh my gosh, that would have been so much more interesting. I think so too. I want to talk a little bit about some questions I had that I don't feel like were answered satisfactory to me about Alton. So Alton, again, I've already said this, but Alton's place in the cult, I really needed to know more about that. But also like, so the things that we find out about Alton, he needs to sleep with headphones on. He needs to sleep with the goggles on. I understand the goggles because I guess the goggles provide some kind of protection from others for this light 
that when it shines on your face, you're like, it's like a fucking drug that shows you like the, the, the most incredible experience you've ever had in your life, which I don't feel like we're really clear on what happens yeah. in that. I don't know what, what, what happens. I needed to know a bit more about what happens in that ex- exchange of energy. Also like the guy who was in front of him in bed mm-hmm. with it. And he seemed to like be not being hurt by the eyes. And yet yeah. in the car, when Alton's eyes mm-hmm. flash, all three of the adults like go, covered like, their eyes. Yeah. 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 I didn't quite understand the logistics of the eye, the eye powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think what we were trying, what they were implying was that looking into his eyes gave you some kind of access to this uh, higher plane, maybe that he's from. I want to get into that as well, but uh, so my here, I'm going to just come from at this from the place that I am as a human being watching this movie. I felt like Alton was a hat was his behavior and his quirks were coded like a neurodiverse individual. Someone who needs sensory who gets sensory overload and mm-hmm. other people don't understand him and he is viewed as other and he says strange things and does strange things mm-hmm. I, am i crazy for thinking that no. the headphones is what really tipped me off because as a parent of a child who is neurodiverse i'm looking at the headphones and i'm like okay so you're saying that he has sensory overload and that for his protection and others protection he's got to wear these headphones which by the way Stop me if I'm wrong here. They never explained why he needed to wear those headphones. Because no. the voices, the satellites he's picking up, they're not coming from his ears, right? They're coming, aren't they coming from his brain? Or is he hearing them? And that's why they got to put the headphones on. They never explained that. I don't understand I the know. headphones. I don't know. Keeping his orifices closed so nothing can. <laughs> I'm just saying, like his head. Sure. His, Keeping you know, it contained. So, yeah. Uh, so. And I feel like a lot of movies attempt to render the experience of parenting someone who is neurodiverse. And it always seems to be rendered in a way where this is a great burden on the parent. And protect them from everyone. Yes. And that they're other and that and in this movie, he was even viewed as a weapon as something that was dangerous so I what I first of all, I, I appreciate that Michael Shannon's portrayal of his father was never I'm afraid of my son or I don't understand my son. It was always like, this is just how he is. Mm-hmm. So that I felt to be really relatable in the sense that if you're parenting someone who's who thinks differently or behaves differently than what we consider to be, quote unquote, normal. And the, and his and as his parent, he accepts that he's like, this is who he is, this is how he is. And there's nothing Uh, unusual about that to me Uh, but the world doesn't understand it I think what it is is that I'm kind of tired of that narrative of like the parenting someone like that is so such a big burden it feels like a really myopic view of that experience and what I'd like to see more of is this is a challenge only because the world refuses to adapt to this other to this person the world says you have to adapt to us not we have to make 
accommodations for you. I would like to see more of that. That feels like more of a conversation that I want to have. And so I get a little disappointed when I see that. And I know that they never made that clear overtly in the movie, but I feel like it's hard to look at the child with headphones on who seems to be really single-mindedly focused on certain things like this comic book and he's reciting the satellites and stuff. I feel like it's hard to not look at that character and not make that connection. At least it is for me. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I didn't make make that con- con- connection. Um, and I think I read that Jeff Nichols wrote this as a, an exploration of becoming a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't say how old his kids were at the time mm-hmm. that he, he wrote it mm-hmm. or w- what his kids are like. Um, it's possible that it could be commenting on that. It's possible also believable that he had no idea and just was like, this is a sci-fi element that is. It's just really hard for me to look at all those boxes that are being checked and not see that. And I'll get into a little bit more why in a moment when later, when I talk about uh, the other Jeff Nichols film that I want to talk about, because that film also portrays supernatural or sci-fi elements in a way that can be connected to in the case of the other movie, take shelter it is more connected to mental illness. So I feel like this is a theme that this director explores. Um, And I just, I would like to see that narrative approach differently. Mm -hmm. Also, like I said, uh, uh, Michael Shannon's character, Roy, not feeling at no point did it seem to me like he felt like his son was a burden. So that was great. I like that. But then the message at the ending is we have to send him back to his own kind, which what like that doesn't set so rather than try to make this world adapt to him then the answer is just to send him off to his quote-unquote old own kind which is not a a, a, not a an option for actual neuro neurodiverse people trying to navigate this world where they're told that the way they think is wrong and they have to fit into a box to function in society anyway I could go on and on about it, but the moment I saw the headphones, I was like, huh. That's all. Um, I just didn't like how, like, the part where Kirsten Dunn sees him disappear, she, like, cries for, like, a second, and then she's like, this is the way it has to be. You know, like, and then in the next moment, it's like, I would have been beside myself for like yeah. two years. Yes. And then I would have been like, you know, this is what I have way asked. Like yeah. it was like a, a moment she went from sad it's, to. Yeah, there was a lot. Accepting. It was pretty easy acceptance. But also, Sarah, she left her son with a cult. And we don't know why or why everybody's okay with it. So yeah. that to me is just another like. There's a line that says like, he did what I could not. Which um, was to stay there and stay there. raise and be there for where his, yeah. son, where his son was. Which I'm just like. Okay. Right? Like um I really want to talk for at least 5 or 6 hours about how Michael Shannon and Kirsten Dunst made an alien baby. Like how yeah. did this happen? Do what the fuck happened? How did this happen? How did he get through? So we fu- we discover halfway through the movie that Alton is in, in a scene that we did not see what they saw, so we're just going off of what they're explaining to us, that somehow in when Alton was exposed to the sunlight, 
that he sees this other world that is on top of our world where people watch this world, which also seems a little, what are they watching us for? Like, why are we that interesting? I mean, is it like a reality TV situation? It's like, why do they have to be on top? Yeah. Like, why can't they, they be like, just maybe I don't I want know. another world on top. I mean, maybe I want to be on top anyway. Sorry. Couldn't help myself there. Um, <laughs> so we find out he's not part of this dimension shall we say? Mm-hmm. So if Alton is not part of this dimension, then how did Kristen Dunst and Michael Shannon biologically produce a child that was not of this dimension? It doesn't make sense. It's it not doesn't explained. make fucking sense. No one questions it. They're just like, it happens sometimes. Sometimes? My second question is, when she gave birth to him, did light shoot out of her vagina? The answer to that is yes. Okay. So that was a deleted scene we didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. The nurse was the first. That's how the ranch came about. Mm-hmm. A high beam just shot straight out of her cooch right into the nurse, the doctor's face. And that's how the ranch was born. I think it existed before. Yeah. Because of, I think it did. But like, how did, like, how did he, I don't know. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> Like there's enough, there are enough questions that I just like don't care. I'm just like you didn't succeed in what you were trying to do. And let me give you, let me give the writer another note. If we had discovered that he is not their biological child, but a child that they were raising, because so let me put it, let me let me tie in some things here. So in the car, Alton is reading a Superman comic, Mm -hmm. right? He's asking about kryptonite. Super. So there's a lot of tie-ins to Alton and Superman. Superman doesn't belong here. He's a, a god amongst humans. He gets his power from the sun. He gets his power from the sun. Why, in God's name, did we not have some kind of dialogue that indicates, and it could have easily happened when Kirsten Dunst is talking to Michael Shannon in the hotel, and she says he has to go back where he belongs, that's just something we're going to have to accept. It would have been easy to put in a line there where they acknowledge that they were raising this child. They found this child. They raised him as their own. But biologically, he is not their son. That would have made sense. Mm -hmm. And in, in some ways, I feel like would have, if you had all that other setup with where we got to know the family a little bit more, I feel like that is... There's something really deep about that, that the, this 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 family, you know, came together because they found a child who needed someone and they were they committed to being his parents no matter what. Like that is that's a really strong choice to me that it's not just he's my son biologically. So, of course, I have to help yeah. him. But I love this. Son, I love this child. And and no matter where he is from or who he belongs to, I'm going to make sure that he's safe. I thought it was also like a weaker choice to make the, uh, we, we already mentioned this, but to make the kid not afraid, mm-hmm. to make him like mm-hmm. knowing what's going to happen. Like that takes yeah. away so many stakes. It does. It, I, he, also, I would like to see him be a little afraid. Yeah. I also didn't like how the U.S. Go- government was the the um, the villain. I mean, that's every sci-fi movie though, Sarah. Is that why you didn't but like feel- it? No, I I just feel it should have been a more specific villain, like someone mm. from the U.S. government or some yeah, like it just felt so like the U.S. government is out to get 
this child. It's just like all these different, like the army, the, these two men, the, yeah. the, the office of whatever. Like it just was like too many things. Here's, that- here's what you needed. You needed a short circuit scenario. And I don't mean questionable uh, white actors playing, uh, you know, Indian nationality actors or Pakistani. I don't, that's not what I mean. What I mean is in short circuit, have you seen short circuit? Mm -mm. Okay. So in short circuit, you have a a group of scientists. They're building these robots for the military. And one of them is to stay with me here, struck by lightning (laughs) and becomes sentient. Now he's alive, right? So he's on the run. And uh, he comes in contact with this woman who is loves pets and animals. And so she takes him in and 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 she's going to protect him. Right. All this time, the government is after them and the scientists are sent to bring him back in because he's property of the government and he's dangerous. He could blow something up. Right. Because he's basically a weapon. Um, you need a dickish government official who is like, I don't care what you have to do. Just get that kid back in here. The face of the government. You You need 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 someone. We needed a dickish government official who's breathing down Paul's neck. Sevika, you get that kid back in here. Adam Driver's character was not that character, though. And I didn't need him to be. He could be the scientist who... The other thing I think that was really lacking in the writing for Adam's character was like, I mean, they tried, but I really, there's a, that moment between him and the boy was close, but I wanted to see him buy the book. I got to do this thing. And then now I'm, I've changed my feelings about this boy. It was, he was a little bit wishy-washy the whole way through. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely seemed a little bit more skeptical at the beginning when he's interviewing everyone, but I really missed that big turn. Like he definitely, I feel like I didn't see it happen and Mm -hmm. it wasn't enough. Like that meeting they had where like, I feel like I really needed to see him make a choice that, you know, um, okay. My, my responsibility to the government is to find this boy because he's dangerous, but what makes him change his mind? Like what makes Mm -hmm. him realize like this boy is, is a human being and I need to help him escape. Like I don't, again, this is not Adam's problem because Adam played him with played just as fine with what he was given. I just feel like in the writing, they didn't give him that moment. Yeah. And what were, what were those characters stakes? Like what did he have to lose if he saved the boy? What did he have to gain if he did nothing apparently? Cause he didn't even get fired for springing the kid from the government facility. He just like ended up right back at work. Mm-hmm. That real loose handcuff story seemed to work. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Paul a bit. So Paul is a what? A scientist? Uh, we are told he's. We are told about three quarters of the way mo- through the movie that he's an analyst. Mm-hmm. So when Chris and I were watching this movie, I was like, "So what does that mean?" And Chris is like, "He analyzes." I'm like, "Okay." Data. He analyzes data, but like, how does he figure out the coordinates? Like, what is happening when he's circling those numbers? Like, what did he figure out that I didn't see? Why are they, like, why, like, I I wanted more specificity. So if Adam's Mm -hmm. character is that he is in charge of, I'm trying to find, like, a good, um, like, is he in charge of neutralizing 
threats? Like, like what is his job exactly? Other than analyzing numbers, like why him specifically? Yeah. So if he has stakes in like, or is he part of some, uh, experimental branch of science? That would be interesting. Like if he's in charge of, you know, uh, supernatural threats or something to the government, that would be interesting. And then he has a scientific interest in the boy. But then when he meets the boy, that boy is a human being, I guess, or whatever, alien or whatever. That boy has humanity and now he wants to help him as one human to another. Like that is powerful. Um, But I didn't really get that. And I didn't understand what his job was specifically or how he figured out the things he figured out. Other than he just had a look of recognition and circled some numbers (laughs) looked at atlanta and said they're not going to atlanta and i was like how do yeah how do you know how do you know what are you why are you you thinking about what happened my Um, mom calls uh she's always since i was a kid referred to things in movies that are vague in terms of like the science or the it was super vague movie science yes which means it's doesn't it's not real this and yeah movie disease Mm -hmm. like in in love Love story story, of of movie disease she she died of movie disease um i this movie was chock full of movie science I, I yeah, I had no idea what his job was for most of the movie i'll tell you what my favorite scenes were i loved the scene i loved when uh, Paul and Alton have escaped the facility and he's like on the phone and like Alton is like leaving to go hotwire a car. Like I love that moment where he's like, he's like, Alton, get back here. <laughs> like he's like mm-hmm. trying to control this child uh, and not, and also when he gets in the car and the kid turns everything on and he just like really like uh, slowly and with lots of hesitation buckles the seatbelt. I loved all of that. Um, that was great. I even loved him handing the kid off and saying, can I go with you? And Michael Shannon is like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, no, you can't. Let's go on this adventure together. And he's like, no, fuck um, no. Can we talk about those two people who got in the way in really weird ways like oh, the, the, cult the woman guys? who the, oh. no no the wo- wo- woman who came up to the boy in the gas that was so gas fucking weird and tried to reach for like his goggles who has ever touched a child's face like i mean i guess there are people out there like that but who does that also like, who leaves their eight-year-old in a fucking car are you fucking serious he hasn't had this son in i years. guess you're right um, i guess you're right so the other person was like by the side of the road when they got out and Alton was having like a, a health crisis yeah. and this yeah. random dude was like, he needs help. Ah! No, you know? that was Joel Egerton, Sarah. That was Joel? Yes. It looks like someone else. It was Lucas. He was like, he needs a doctor. And then Michael Shannon like body slammed him with his big dumb en- energy. Like, for some reason, he he looked, his face looked so strange i thought it was someone else i thought that some other person had stopped by the side of the road Mm -hmm. and like oh my gosh um yeah Uh, how do we feel about uh alien nirvana i don't i didn't need it i didn't like the the, 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 the the like the you know tomorrowland buildings like i don't it didn't add anything and it just was like, okay, like hope that didn't cost you that much because it didn't. Well, it was all CGI. 
No, I know. I know. Um, but not that CGI just, doesn't cost anything, but like if there had been more to it, if they had like gone and talked to some of the people and gone into a building, yeah, definitely, or, like, it was pretty, but I, again, it like lacked meaning for me. I was just yeah. like, okay, there's like some structures in this field that structures. weren't there before. So like That's maybe it. the McDonald's has some like towers sticking out of it that I don't know mm-hmm. about. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't understand any of that uh, or what the balls of light were or like, I mean, are they, I guess they're sentient. Um, They looked like the outlines of people or beings. Like they were coming to, to greet him. Like like. I think they were trying like, it was unnecessary to Mm -hmm. like, why? Like, why is this world on top of the other world? Like, why not just have the, why not just have a fucking spaceship fucking land Mm -hmm. in the field and take the kid back to the planet he's from? If yeah. you if you make me care enough about the characters, then I'm fine with it being that story. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I I don't know. I just it was so it, again. It was lack. What I I think there were. Let me say there were moments I loved. So I feel like we've been I've been dogging this movie, but there were moments I loved. I already said I loved. Um. I love the scene with Paul and Alton when he's when they're like getting in the car and all that stuff. Uh, I actually really loved Paul looking very awkward and and dorky in the helicopter. There was something about that whole interaction with like Paul and the guy in the helicopter that really amused me. Um, I loved the scene where even though I thought these characters were kind of pointless, the guys from the cult that were agents of some kind that were sent to get the boy, the mm-hmm. scene where they go to the hotel and they're like garbage tying everybody to the furniture to get the boy. That was a great scene. I thought. I thought you would hate that. Oh my god. No, I thought it was great. Why did you hate it? it? I thought it, it finally violent. had some stakes. It had some there 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 was like stakes going on and I, there was I just thought it was I thought that scene was well done. I just thought it was violent and upsetting okay. and like the imagery of a a child being taken away mm-hmm. in uh with a bag over his head with blood on it and like, it was upsetting but that wasn't was his blood that was the blood of the know, guy I know. who got shot um yeah. but it then it stakes, just felt like it... then it just felt like they're just see it felt like scenes were missing like yeah. i needed to see them get pulled over and the boy be taken by the army guys like i needed yeah. to see that i feel like yeah um so i really loved that scene i loved the scene i loved all the stuff again like the first like half hour like the first act of the movie was pretty good i really enjoyed all of that i loved when the satellites coming down mm-hmm. at the gas station very cinematic loved that i loved um i loved even though the the whole second universe overlay didn't work for me i loved um roy and lucas driving through the barricade and like taking the cops on a wild goose chase and the car wrecking and them just like that moment where they're like, okay, he got a, he got out and we did, we did good. Like we did what we needed to do. And they were just like in the car checking in with each other to see if the other one was okay. I feel like it would have had a lot more meaning if they were brothers, but whatever. Um, at that point they had been on a journey together at least that I thought was really great. I liked that part a lot. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really stood out to me. I think those were like my big best, the best moments for me from the movie. I don't know if you had anything else to add yeah, to that. I don't think I had anything else. Um, 
I just was kind of like, it was I a was little, it, a, was, it was, it was a little mad. Yeah. yeah, it was a little mad. Yeah. Um, it, it set up a lot, but then didn't like fulfill promises to me. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I will say, I can't believe that Roy didn't say, I love you to his son. Like what the fuck? When the kid is looking at him and they're like, I understand not everything needs to be said out loud, but in that case it did. Mm-hmm. Just say, I love you. Just say it. Men don't say I love you. I know. That's why I didn't Nicole. like that. In Chris too. Chris was like really pissed off about that. He's like, why doesn't just say I love you? Like why? Um, I, and then the last thing I wanted to say was, again, I don't I like to harp. I hate to harp on this, but like I felt like when Kirsten Dunst cuts her braid off, like that's supposed to mean something to me. But because I don't really know what went on at the cult or why she was there, or why she left, it just felt like, okay, she's cutting her braid off because she has to dye her hair. Who but like, hairs. Yeah. I also, just didn't care. if you're going to do that, get rid of the poof. Like, take out the, <laughs> take out the braid. Get rid of the poof. Like, the poof go, is the poof. Do the is, whole thing and don't just cut off the end. Yeah. The poof is really what really uh, designates it, what you. What cements everyone what to you, get together. That's how it makes you look like a dugger, is that poof. You're right. Um, anything else to say about Midnight Special? Um, feels like we've given um, this has been a script analysis and a yeah. script critique. Yes, um, I, it's basically I mean, all about the script and not yeah. about the acting or the technical stuff. No, I think it was executed technically just fine. Uh, I think that the actors were great. I just think that the writing was not. It was full of holes. Uh, mm-hmm. And just lacked character development. Now, yeah. I before we go, I did want to say that there is another. Mi- so while I was watching this, I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "This reminds me of another Michael Shannon movie that I really love called Take Shelter." Uh, Take Shelter is a great fucking movie, uh, which also happens to be directed and written by Jeff Nichols. Um, so, uh, Take Shelter in Take Shelter, Michael Shannon plays a guy who, and it's a small rural town. He keeps having these visions of like destruction like there's like a tsunami or a tornado i can't it's a tornado now that i think about it it's a tornado that is going to destroy the whole town and kill everyone and kill his family and he's like having these visions hallucinations of it and he starts building a shelter a bomb shelter and everyone in town thinks he's fucking crazy including at eventually his wife starts to be really worried about him as well um that movie had the supernatural elements and also the thing that I thought was really excellent about it was that you're like it because it was existing in a real world. You're like, is he crazy? Like, is he does he have schizophrenia? Is he experiencing a mental health crisis or is this real? Like and it mm-hmm. felt when I got to the end, I was like, it could go either way. Like he could either be mentally uh, uh, it, it, having a mental health crisis and need help or he could be predicting a tragedy like I, I it could go either way how did um, it end i'm not gonna tell you watch the fucking movie it's really good sarah it's so good and michael shannon is so good in it and i think uh jessica chastain is in it as well okay. she plays his wife um that movie felt like like it, the movie was great but also i think it's great because the relationships are really strong and well written in a way that they're not in this movie like the okay. relationship between him and his wife is so and also his conflicts between him and the rest of the town where they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you acting like this? Like all of this is written and rendered really beautifully. And so the, the supernatural elements of the story are supported by all this great character development. And I feel like that's what was just really lacking for me in this film. 
When was Take Shelter made? I want to say it was like 2011, 2012. It was, it was before. before this. Yeah, it was before uh, Midnight Special. So, yeah, 2011. So he didn't. That's interesting. I would I would hate that if like I made a great film and then the next film or a film like 10 years later was like worse than that film. But I mean, that's the ebbs and flows of creativity. Like not everything is going to be like a knock it out of the park situation. Uh, I just think that this movie felt like it needed a couple more drafts before they shot it. Um, Whereas take shelter feels like a really tight, well script, like well-written movie. So anyway, take shelter. Uh, So Sarah, lastly, would you recommend this film to a fan of Adam driver's work? Probably not just because like he didn't really have a character. Well, there wasn't a like, lot I to him. Didn't, there wasn't a lot to him. He, he just, he could have been played by anyone. And while I, I do disagree, really like, a, I disagree. A, a, a Adam draw, draw, draw. Adam driver. made this character way more interesting than he would have been played by somebody who didn't have like a- Adam still brought as much depth to this character as he could. Like Adam still gave him like, I think on the page, Paul is very boring and vanilla. Uh, Adam gave him personality and gave him like, like, again, he's got, he's watchable. He's so watchable. He's a presence that you want to see on screen. And even, even though he was, um, you know, not, he, he wasn't intense or anything, but he gave him as much dimension as he could. And I do think that in a lesser actor's hands, his character would have been uh, completely forgettable to me. Anyway, sorry. I, I totally interrupted yeah. you and steamrolled no, right I over just, you. I just think he was forgettable mm-hmm. like i just i'm not as like magnetically drawn to adam as you mm-hmm. you are so Fair. i kind of view him as like more like objectively and mm-hmm. like he objectively like the character not mm-hmm. that adam is a bad actor or mm-hmm. or an okay act like he's mm-hmm. a very good actor mm-hmm. but there was literally nothing for him to cling to he didn't get a lot and, yeah. no and so i just would i would say if you're a if you're a fan watch all of his films because you will like yeah. all of his films yeah. or you will like him in all of his films but for someone who's like more of like a casual fan like it's it's skis, 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 that's fair for me. uh yeah it's there also is like not a lot of him in the movie cuz he's not yeah, he's like not a main in character it that much. but he's yeah. just not a main character um yeah. i think that uh Paul, I like. I, I wish they had given him more, like all the characters, more depth. That's what I would have liked for him. In this yeah, and movie. Kirsten Dunst's character, sure, like, she I know really we just was mentioned like, it, but like her character was just like it, she, she might have well not thin, even been there. Pi- yeah. Paper thin. Um, would I recommend this film to a fan of Adam Driver's work? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not a bad film. It didn't offend me. It didn't make me feel. I feel like. The, I, I feel like uh, I feel like watch it maybe while you're also crocheting mm-hmm. or scrolling through Twitter or like so you can check in with movie like when Adam's on you can go oh Adam's back on again um, I mean also Michael Shannon I mean he's like I love Michael Shannon this isn't his best work simply because the writing isn't mm-hmm. giving him as much to work with but even still like he is taking these tiny scraps and really mm-hmm. fleshing them out, just like I think Adam did his best to take the what he was given and flesh it out. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe uh, multitask while you're watching this one, mm-hmm. uh, but watch it. Why not? I mean, Paul is a sweet, adorable character, um, and I'll get to all my thirst in a minute. But 
Uh, yeah, sure. Watch it. Uh, but it, but maybe n- this isn't one that I am going to revisit probably. I think what I would probably do would be uh, watch all of Paul's scenes on YouTube because somebody has cut them together. I know that for a fact. I'd watch all of Paul's scenes on YouTube and then I would go watch Take Shelter, which is actually a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I would do. Sounds like a plan. Um. Okay. Shall we get to our moments of thirst? Sure. Do you have any moments of thirst today? So my thirsty moments were mostly about Joel. Okay. Fair. Um, sure. Why not? I don't know. I just equal think- opportunity. Th- so you, the 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 state trooper really did it for you. I just because I remember that actor in Great Gatsby and not liking his character because his mm-hmm. character was really like. Uh, rapscallion kind of character mm-hmm. and I really don't like that type of You don't like a rapscallion? Guy. No. Um, but in this one he seemed uh, caring and mm-hmm. sensitive and... Which is like your biggest turn on. Yeah, so I just thought he... and plus He even looked cute, cute, cute cuter in mm-hmm. that character than yep. he did in Great, Great Gatsby. So, okay. yeah. So you found yourself drawn to him? Mm-hmm. For Adam, um, I just didn't like the the, the glasses. I thought the glasses. You didn't like the glasses. Were, I was into no. the glasses. I was into it. In fact, I've got that written down as one of my moments of thirst. I think he That's just so looks funny. really good in those glasses. I just don't like the style of the glasses. Oh, you didn't like the and, style. Yeah, I didn't like the style of the glasses. Not that he looks bad in glasses, mm-hmm. but just that I didn't like the style of the glasses. Mm-hmm. As someone who's recently like gotten into like, so you're really in. Styles. I know you got a whole fucking case of glasses. <laughs> I know you've got I them know. for different out every different outfit. Yeah. Um. And uh. But let's see. I like. I did like his kind of like softness and his kind of a little bit dor- 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 dorkiness. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't. It's like his personality wasn't big in no. this movie. Like he definitely didn't have a big per- personality. Mm-hmm. Even the the dorkiness was not mm-hmm. like big dorky mm-hmm. energy. It was just like mm-hmm. mild. Mm-hmm. I still found it pleasant. It Although was pleasant I was, dorkiness. I was kind of like like what i was confused about what he felt not not because of him but just because of the writing like mm-hmm. i don't know it just like wasn't you're clear. right it was unclear what his what what were the stakes head. yeah what why yeah. yeah other than just like he's been told to do this Speaking why hard why is he so yeah i why yeah. why why does he care about yeah. finding this boy other than he's been told to do it i i don't know yeah, yeah it's like and what happens to him if he doesn't find the boy or what happens to him i know that they talked about things like oh this satellite knew the like was designed to protect us from nuclear war and i get that but it's just like what are his emotional stakes yeah. not the plot stakes like what emotionally for him what's at stake if he doesn't find this boy and what's it and what what makes him decide that it's worth it to risk his entire career to protect this boy i just needed that and it wasn't adam it was the writing i had a moment of horror at the 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 writing of his character Mm. when he told the kid i think you're a wet a a weapon he didn't say no he didn't say i think you're a weapon you misheard that he said they think you're a weapon he said they he said they he said they think you're a weapon okay yeah because that would change it a lot yeah i was like how dare you (laughs) (laughs) no he said he said they think you're a weapon okay yeah um all right anything else that's it those are all good um okay i'm gonna start with adam because he's our boy uh argyle sweaters 
Uh, I loved all his Mar- Walmart bargain base, like his all his J.C. Penny sweaters. They weren't Walmart sweaters; they were more like J.C. Penny sweaters. Uh, I was into it. Um, I love the glasses. Uh, and I'm just generally going to call this dork porn. That's what this is for me. Like I, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I am horny for nerds. Mm-hmm. I love a nerd. And so I feel like even though I may not revisit this whole movie, if I'm feeling like I need to, you know, uh, quench my nurse, my nerd fetish, I'm going to go to YouTube and watch all of Paul's scenes because uh, I, I I really felt like he was exor- exuding that like uh, awkward, sweet, pleasant, har- pleasant dork energy. Um, and then lastly, uh, the mouth thing. He's did the he was doing the mouth thing a lot in this movie where he kind of like chews on his lip a bit or whatever. Really? Uh, yes. Oh yeah. It's I think again, I told you, Sarah, I've watched this footage of this man so much in the last two years. When he's thinking about something, he always does the mouth thing. And I think because Paul was thinking so hard <laughs> this whole movie. It's just like he kept doing that mouth thing over and over again. And I just love it. I think it's so cute. Um, That's all my Adam. I also just I, I, Michael Shannon. There was some Michael Shannon thirst for me in here as well. Uh, I, I I think uh, there that scene where he's like in his long johns and she's like patching him up. I don't know. There's something about like when men are being patched up. There's just something in that for me. I don't know. Um, And then just his general big dick energy like he just exuded like the big dick energy that adam always has in these movies like michael shannon was just like radiating just like big dick energy this whole movie Mm -hmm. maybe i will watch this again sometime but i'll probably (laughs) like do something else while i watch it in the background i don't know i didn't dislike this movie i just wanted more from it i want i wanted to i wanted it to fulfill all the promises that it didn't, but maybe just for the thirst, I'll come back. I might just come back for the thirst. And I encourage you when you do come back for the thirst to pay closer attention to Joel. Okay. All right. Fair. I will. I will. Have a little bit more curiosity about about Joel. I will. Look into his eyes. I think of him as Owen Lars from Star Wars. Like I think of him as Luke's uncle, which is fine. I'm not saying I can't thirst after Luke's uncle. I'm just saying like, that's how I think about him. Um, Maybe that's it. I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Watch The Great Gatsby and get back to me. All right. I'll watch The Great Gatsby and get back to you. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And I'll watch Take Shelter and get back to you. Please watch Take Shelter, Sarah. It's so good. I would watch it with you. We could watch it together. I would love okay. to watch it again. It was so good. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed Take Shelter. And and uh, listeners, uh, if you haven't seen Tell- Take Shelter, it is a, it's an excellent movie. No Adam Driver in it, unfortunately. That is my one complaint. Uh, but I think he was uh, probably still uh either still at Juilliard or perhaps uh still work doing the theater at the time so he was not hadn't made it to Hollywood yet as you would imagine I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom but I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy all right are you ready for some trivia do we have some trivia 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 here we go so I'm on the edge of my seat 
Um, this is just something I found interesting. Oh. Kirsten Dunst wore no makeup in this mo- mo- movie. Okay. They didn't even put on like pow- powder huh. or anything. Well, good for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the a director's way of of being like, let's make this woman look haggard. And it's like, why can't women just like, women are beautiful with she or without makeup. She didn't. <sighs> no. no. She didn't. No. Um, so there doesn't appear to be any obvious reason why the film is titled Midnight Special. We didn't talk about that, but that was driving me fucking crazy. Why is this movie called Midnight Special? Why? Why? Since light, photosensitivity, and Mm -hmm. a new world vision are basic elements in this film, perhaps the title relates to this repeated chorus line in the classic 1923 blues Mm -hmm. song, Let the Midnight Special Shine an Ever-Loving Light on Me. Okay. That's not good that's enough for me. Just someone made a connection that's with not, that. That's um, not good enough for me. Uh, I will say I've had that song stuck in my head for for ever since I watched the movie, or since we started talking about it, really. Uh, but also, I just like like what the f- why? I, I, it's a great title, but like I think I needed a titular line, Sarah. Like I think I needed them to sit down at a diner and for like you know uh, Joel Egerton to be like looking at a menu and a waitress walks up to him and he's like, "I'll take the midnight special." Ba boom boom. Yeah. I think I needed yeah. that. I needed something. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel like in any way it was like another thing the movie gave me without giving me like any substance behind it. Here's another theory. Okay. The film possibly drew mm-hmm. inspiration from the twi- twi- Twilight Zone. In the prologue mm-hmm. of Twilight Zone, the movie, mm-hmm. two men, Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks, okay. are driving late at night with the song Midnight Special playing as they sing along. I'm like, that's not very... I That sounds like some IMDb bullshit to me. You know how IMDb, IMDb is IMDb just bullshit. like, people can post some trivia and they're just like, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd was eating a sandwich in this movie, but he also ate a sandwich in Ghostbusters. And I'm like, know, that's not like, a real connection. Not trivia. So... Um, uh, that's, I mean, there's not a lot. There's okay. basically like uh, the kind of the stuff we, we, we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, this is not very interesting, but I found it interesting. The, yeah. um, the kid who played Alton is actually 11 years old when this was shot. Oh. And he had blonde hair. They had to dye his hair brown. Oh, does that mean they dyed his hair for Knives Out as well? I don't know. Okay. But he was 11 he said, years old when this was shot. He's we. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I believe that. He did look to be more, well, no, actually, he was pretty small. I would, if he, yeah. if it wasn't for like the, I, I think that's pretty and his common. his voice hadn't changed. Well, they don't change at 11. They usually no? don't change until they're 13 or 14. 13? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes not until they're 15 or 16. Mm, okay. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I would have believed that he was eight. If he had acted more like a child <laughs> and less like a little, a tiny little businessman. <laughs> uh, that was great. Thank you for that trivia. So we're no closer to solving the, uh, we're no closer to solving the mystery of why it's called Midnight Special. We're just going to have to put it back in the mystery box with a lot of other stuff this movie gives us. Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs. <laughs> okay. But wait, I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Sarah, are you ready to talk about what uh, what we're watching next? Sure. Uh, I'm not going to spin the wheel. I'm not sure if you remember, but we've already decided what we're watching next. Do you want to tell us what, what tell everybody what we're watching next? 
So we're going to watch some old school Lonely Island. Is it SNL or lo- lo- Lonely I- I think I- Island? I think let's focus on Lonely Island because I think we Lonely could Island. do a separate episode on the SNL sketches. Yeah. So let's focus on the Lonely Island Lonely for this Island. time. Yeah. We'll pull up the classics like yeah. Kablam, Blam, 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 Blamo and The Boo. and I've um, never seen any of that. <laughs> uh, I will say listeners that Sarah, I would say Sarah's maybe more the Andy expert than me. Uh, I am, I, I think I'm definitely more of the Adam expert uh, amongst us. Uh, mm-hmm. although I, I've watched a lot more Brooklyn nine, nine than you have. I think that you definitely have like more like of a connection to Andy's career in, in your life than, than I do. So I am looking, Sarah's going to make us a, an appetizer plate of, of, a uh, uh, Lonely Island material and we're going to watch it out there at least in the way back machine i'm sure you'll find it i mean they've got a lonely island channel on youtube so i you might be able to find some stuff there Uh, but yeah yeah, just put together whatever you can and we'll watch some stuff and i i don't know talk about (laughs) talk a little take a little trip back and look at some of andy's early work uh which i'm looking forward to i i think it's going to be pretty fun yeah um and that's going to be kind of our palate cleanser before we go back into our Brooklyn Nine-Nine watch, which we left off at season, season one. one. So we're going to be going all the way. So I'm sad that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is over, but it's not really over for us because we're going all the way back to season one, picking up where we left off, and we're going to continue our and rewatch. it's not over for you either. It's not over for you, listeners. Uh, you can watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine again with us. Uh, but next week, uh, not next week, but in the next two weeks, when you see us hear from us, Whatever. When we come back, uh, we'll be we'll be talking about Lonely Island shorts. Uh, before we go, I had a listener question, uh, so I'm going to address that. I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this one because I know Annette is not your favorite movie. Um, but I, the question is: so, listener question from Aaron: What uh, is your favorite song on the Annette soundtrack? Because the Unlimited soundtrack came out, so I don't know if you can answer that, Sarah. But if you could. Uh, if you have a favorite, what is your favorite song on the Annette soundtrack? Oh, I'm going to decline to answer because you didn't all, like. I really didn't, you didn't like, like the movie you just or the didn't songs. Like it. Okay, it was very offensive to me. Okay, that's fair. Uh, uh, my favorite song is even with the unlimited edition, which gave us a bunch of other songs, is still uh, "Stepping Back in Time." Uh, that song is really beautiful. Uh, and I love that scene in the movie. And so I think that movie, that song really, uh, really gets me. Uh, the other, uh, and you probably, and I'm going to, I'm sure you're going to decline the rest of these. So I'm just going to move on. (laughs) Uh, the other question that we were asked, what song gets stuck in your head the most, uh, for me, uh, that would be you used to laugh. Uh, I just would, when I was listening to that soundtrack a lot, I just would hear Adam screaming what's your problem like over and over and over again like it was stuck in my head all day uh (laughs) so i really enjoy that one and then i think the other song was a favorite the other question was your favorite song from the unlimited soundtrack uh i'm a good father uh is my favorite song that came in with the unlimited soundtrack um i like that song a lot i think it's says a lot about that character and his conflict and also the idea that uh, even the bad guy is not trying to be a bad guy. He's He thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's he's just not capable of doing the right thing. Uh, and also the characters in our conflict of I'm a good father, am I? Like he's not sure, but he's he thinks maybe he is. Uh, I just really like that song a lot. So those are my answers. 
we are happy to take on listener questions. I should probably give out the Gmail because that's where uh, we've been getting some of these questions from. So let me just uh, make sure I'm giving out the right email. Uh, Adam and Andy pod at gmail.com. You can send us your listener questions and we will answer them. Um, of course you can also, uh, reach out to us on any of our social medias, our social meds, if you will. Uh, we are at Adam and Andy podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find us on Twitter at Adam Andy pod. Uh, tell us what you thought. I know there are a lot of people really like midnight special. So some people might disagree with us and feel like maybe we're being a little too hard on this movie and that's fair. Um, so tweeted us at Adam Andy pod with your thoughts about midnight special. Um, and, uh, Sarah, it's been, it's been a real fun time talking with you about this movie. Yeah. It's been enlightening. Eye opening. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) 